Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. In Paul's letter to the Ephesian community, he uh, really prays into this aspect of spiritual knowing, spiritual understanding and revelation for that particular church community. And I just want to read for you here. He, uh, in verse 16 of chapter 1, he says, I pray for you always. And then he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of him. And that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened and that you may know the hope of his calling. He uses the words of spiritual wisdom, revelation, full knowledge of God. Your heart, your understanding be enlightened that you may know. These are all words descriptive of spiritual understanding, spiritual discernment. Not knowledge that you get from a search engine or an encyclopedia. Not knowledge that you absorb through the faculties of your solical man, what you hear, what you, what you think. Uh, the knowledge of your culture. He's clearly asking and praying here before God that this Ephesian community would get certain things only from God. And that's what I want to talk to you about. If you want to grow as a spiritual man and you want to live the normal Christian life, then where do you get your information? Do you get it on the street? Word of mouth? Where do you gain understanding? That is spiritual understanding. Paul prays that God would give to them spiritual wisdom and revelation and the full knowledge of him. And by the way, when was the last time you came before God and said, God, teach me you? I submit to you that often when I'm before God, I would say, God, you know, teach me how to be a leader. Oh, God, teach me how to be a father, how to be a spouse. Lord, teach me how to, to go about this conflict situation. Lord, teach me about how to discern the, the times and my place and role and influence in it. And no doubt, God wants to enlighten you regarding all of these things and, and train you. But when was the last time you came before God and said, according to Paul's prayer here, just, God, teach me you. Teach me your burden, your calling. Well, what are you doing? Jesus lived in this kind of a dynamic with his father. And people were rather astounded when they scrutinized Christ. Where did this man get this authority? Where did he get this understanding, this knowing? How is it that he knows the ways and the burdens of God? He's just a peasant there from Nazareth. 
little farm boy, if you will. Well, Jesus had an open heaven. He had the Spirit baptized into his being, and he lived in this whole revelation aspect, receiving that from his Father. And even so can you and I. Can I ask you, when you read the Bible, is it a boring book? Or is it an open book? Well, it depends upon whether you're reading it through your natural eye, natural ear, your, your sense knowledge, or whether you're in spirit, in a way inclined into another realm, the realm of the spirit. When it comes to the knowing of God, how, how do you go about the knowing of God? How do you get to know really the heart of God? That's what I want to fellowship with you about. In our upcoming messages, we will just slowly introduce to you this aspect that the spiritual man, especially when it comes to knowing God and the calling of God, it's best that he receives it directly from God himself. I hope these messages really challenge you. I hope they encourage you. And today, I just want to speak an introductory word regarding revelation knowledge. Father, we bless the mighty name of God this morning, the glorious, glorious Son of God, exalted to the highest place in the universe. We bless you, the name of Jesus Christ. And it's an easy blessing. We don't even have to really psych ourselves up because you're just great. It's an enjoyable blessing. It is a heartwarming, life-imparting blessing to just speak good of God and say, God, you're awesome. What you did in Christ and who you are in the Spirit to us, it is just beautiful. It is awesome, and it is so enjoyable, and it's just life. It is so life-giving. You are life, and I bless you for that. This morning, Lord, we want to ask you to teach us through your Word we want to understand and see into the divine revelation here. And Lord, I want you to speak to us about how you impart life and light into us. Something we so desperately need is to see. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would remove scales from us. That you would pull the curtain, the veil, and the things of Satanus so desirous to blind us. And Lord, I ask you that you would bring us into light and unveiling scales, the blinders, the work of confusion would just be cast off in Jesus' name. Speak to us. Shine on us. Reveal yourself. Precious, precious Lord. Amen. All right, knowing God, on your notes, I want to uh, touch an aspect this morning. How do we know God? And I give it to you there in the heading, by revelation, by revelation. And uh, let's look into these notes, but before we do, a few introductory principles on revelation. 
Now, I want to use many, many words all at the same time. When I speak about knowing God, God revealing Himself, we speak about knowledge. Revelation is light. Light is understanding. Understanding is revelation. Revelation is wisdom. Wisdom is discernment. All of those words represent a larger issue for me, even one issue, light. Light. So I want us to have a few introductory thoughts here on this issue of light. Number one, light, which is spiritual understanding, spiritual seeing, spiritual knowing, spiritual apprehension, spiritual discernment, spiritual wisdom, spiritual revelation. Light is the effect of God's divine life resident within the spirit of man. Light is the effect. Life is the cause. You might even say life is the seed. Light is the fruit. When man is under the constant, consistent, life-giving supply of God in his inner man, the knowing of God is experienced. The condition of one's mind is challenged. The scriptures are intuitively discerned, and the will of God is remarkably clear. That's the effect of life. Again, God is experienced because you, you, you know God. You yourself become known. Conditions of your inner man is, is laid bare before the Lord. When light comes into your being, you will touch the essence of the Scriptures. We say the Scriptures become open to you. The Scriptures become discernible. When light comes into us, the will of God becomes very, very clear. So let's just stop for a second. If darkness is prevailing in you and I, then we don't touch God's will in a clear way. We don't touch the Scriptures in an understanding way. It's, it's very confusing for us. If darkness is prevailing, that is blindness, confusion, it's prevailing within me, then I don't even see certain things in me because God does, by His light, even shine into me issues that's in me. You won't see issues in you if you're dark. Only light confronts that darkness. So light is an enormous issue in God's economy. Even in Genesis... We have the initial statement, God created. Then we have a scene of darkness that ensues on the planet. Somehow there's chaos and waste and emptiness and uselessness and disforming that takes place on the planet somehow. And then in Genesis 1 verse 3, the very first thing, God said, let there be light. And that light will carry through the entire scriptures, even till we get to the book of Revelation, the New Jerusalem. 
The sun is taken away, darkness is taken away, death is taken away, and God himself is the light. So light is almost the two bookends of the entire Bible, like life. It's a central theme that cuts right through the entire storyline of the Bible. And it has to be a theme that cuts right through the entirety of your life. Light. God wants us to see. Number two. Illumination is the need for any person born of Adam. Sin has caused every man to hide from God. That hiding is a kind of a getting into the shadows. When you hide, then something substantial covers you and you're behind something. There's a kind of a veil, a kind of a barrier. So I want to go back to the Genesis story again. The picture is so amazing. When the man and the woman rebelled against God, they hid themselves. That is, they went into obscurity, into darkness. They went into mystery. They went into confusion. They went into shadows. And so now all of us, born out of Adam, we live in this hidden, covered, shadowy, dark, obscure way. And then here comes God. Where are you? Where are you? I want to shine on you. I want you to come out from your hiding. I want you to come out and see. Then again, what you and I do is... We take fig leaves and we stitch it together. Again, we hide in the shadow of something else. We want to be under, covered, hidden. And then God comes and says, no, 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 let's take all that stuff off and cover you with the blood of Jesus. So instead of hiding you come out and live in the light. This is the economy of God. Of course, if God's economy is that you might see, then it's very easy to recognize now Satan's economy. It's so that you might be blind, dark, confused, unclear, stupefied, mystified. So sin has caused every man to hide from God. God is therefore a mystery hidden to man. When man looks at God through his Adamic nature, confusion, questioning, and darkness is his reality. When man is born of the Spirit of God and looks to God through the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, light Certainty, understanding, clarity, and illumination is man's experience. Number three, God alone is the giver of revelation. God alone is the giver of revelation. In other words, God alone can make Himself fully known. Creation speaks for God, yes, but 
if I can say it in, in this way, creation hints at God. Creation is maybe a finger pointing to God. But creation does not reveal God fully. It's just a, creation is just a little teaser, so to speak. It takes God himself to reveal himself to you. The tree can do that. The mountain, you New Agers, sorry, cannot do that. Man cannot employ any, and I want you to notice this now, man cannot employ any issue of this world or of this age, even his age, to know God. It's not like you can take anything from this world and say, oh, I'm going to know God because of this one thing or these two things, or I'm going to know God because of that star. That star is an introduction, it's a teaser, it's a little provocateur to God, but it takes God to shine into you. The tree won't do that. So again, the tree is an introduction, creation is a kind of an introduction, but it takes God Himself to know God. The gospel is there for the issue of God pursuing man, and impressing man with his light. Hey, while we're on this verse, let's just jump into John chapter 3, verse 27. John the baptizer is baptizing here, and people are wondering if he is the Christ, if he is the Messiah. And uh, he says, no, I'm not. One is coming after me. And... Um, he speaks here about the bride belonging to the bridegroom. It's like John is saying, hey, the people I'm baptizing, they're not my followers. They don't belong to me. They're going to belong to the one who comes after me. And he speaks many of those types of things. But I want you to notice this interesting verse here in verse 27. John answered and said, A man cannot receive anything unless it has been given to him from above. That's the word heaven. And here is the principle of revelation knowledge. Really knowing God. It takes God himself for you to know God. You can't, listen, study yourself into God. Studying is just a kind of a crumb. You can't <laughs> imagine yourself into God. You can't, it's just you can't use the elements of this world because they're incompatible with God. You can't use the physical things to get a complete picture of who God is. It's, it's a kind of a type. It's a kind of a shadow. It's an introduction. But it takes God to shine into you. And it's not as difficult as you think. It has a lot to do with humility. We'll look into that a little bit later. But can we just get this principle? Lord, I don't know you unless you reveal yourself to me. Otherwise, if you attempt to know God outside of the 
revealing of God into you, you will surely come up with imaginary things. You will surely come up with superstitious things. You'll come up with cultural, traditional, religious things. It takes God to know God. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from above. On your notes, point number four. Humility is a sure way to condition oneself for revelation knowledge. Period. Period. Both James's letter and Peter's first letter says that God gives grace to the humble and He resists the proud. If you and I come to God as know-it-alls, Grace does not flood your being. Light does not flood your being. The experience of God is it just you, had, you don't have it. If you come as a know-it-all, you find God blocking you, blinding you, resisting you. So humility, tenderness, a posture of, Lord, I need you to reveal yourself. It's not like I get to figure God out. Such a humble, genuine, tender posture before God makes you just a recipient for light. <laughs> just floods into your being. Every time you come to the Bible, ah, I've read that book before. What can this preacher tell me? No. You come to the Bible, Lord, I've, I've never read this. Speak to me in a fresh way. You have such a Tender disposition, light just comes very naturally, very easy. And then uh, number five here is an introduction. Truth, truth is the experience of that light into your being. Again, if you look there at the sketch, the overview sketch, you see that life is within you through your new birth. You were regenerated by God. You received a divine life. And now that life is a nature inside of you. And what it does is it pushes the light of God into your being. It reveals God to you. By that life, you see God. You know? And, but what is your experience? And this is what I'm trying to put there in green on that overview sketch. Your experience is that oh, the lights go on. What's your experience? You experience the renewing of your mind. Oh, wow, I never saw it this way. I never knew God was this way, thought this way, acted. The lights go on. You experience knowledge. You experience wisdom. You experience truth. So truth is something that we don't study. Truth is the experience of light inside of you. That's the point we're trying to make there. So I say here, the counterpoint, the absence of God's shining into your being, the absence of God's shining simply will breed philosophy and opinions in you. That's, that's good. If you don't have the clear speaking of God, that is the clear shining of God, the clear flow of light, the revealing into you, then you're just going to come up with philosophies, which we all have done, by the way. 
And we're just going to come up with opinions. Remember the last time you went to that Bible study? Yeah. Let's get a little bit more personal. You were all sitting in a room reading the Bible. And if you listen with critical ears, you'll see that we all said stuff like this. Well, I think it means this. Well, I believe, no, it means that. Well, all of you are wrong because my Bible says it means this, and my commentary says it means that, and I think this, and I believe that. Have you heard us Christians speak nowadays? This is really what happens to many of us, and I'm giving a simple example, is that we don't have light as to what is really being communicated. We just read the text and we try to figure it out, ink on paper. But behind it, there's a spirit. And very few of us Christians can touch that spirit and speak by that spirit. So many of us just look at ink on paper and then we fight about ink on paper. Well, I think it means when you speak like that, you prove my point that when light and wisdom is not in you, at best you can speak, well, I think. I opine. Does that make sense? So I would encourage you, next time you're in a Bible study, which is good, we are to do more than just study the Bible. We are to touch the Spirit in it. If you touch the Spirit in it, you will speak not as a I think, you will speak as an this is what God says. Not I think. Oh, I challenge you with that. Do some Bible study again, but do away with the I think speech. Get to that place where God's word says. Touch the spirit in it. All right, a little bit of an introduction.